Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's channel. I'm your host Sri Ayer. Today is a very important hangout as we talk about the role of temples. How do people look at it and how does the government look at it? Is it a heritage or is it for milking? Is it a milking cow? So to understand the various forces arrayed against temples all over India, but we are going to focus on Tamil Nadu and perhaps also on the town of Chidambaram. We have two very esteemed guests. The first one is the former law justice and commerce minister and a six-term member of parliament, Dr. Subramanian Swami, and also T.R. Ramesh, who is the president of Temple Worshipper Society. He also runs another uh, organization called the Indic Collective. Gentlemen, Namaskaram and welcome to P. Guru's channel. Namaskaram. Thank you. Um, Dr. Swami, I let you set the context, sir. You successfully got the temple of Chidambaram from the clutches of TN, HR, and CE and gave it back to the Puru Dixitars who have been having it since 2014. Yet, this government is constantly giving pinpricks. And the latest one, I saw your interview on Dinamala, that was in Tamil. Perhaps you can uh, contextualize this for our discussion today for the global audience as to what happened, what did you say, and the effect of that, sir. Please take it away. <clears throat> well, uh, on this issue, let me say that Karunanidhi had made a public statement um, maybe in 65, 66, that he will never rest till he gets a cannon to sh shoot down and destroy uh, Chidambaram temple, the, the Nataraj temple. Now, I don't know what his anger was with the, that temple, uh, but uh, it is a Hori temple. It must be, you know, maybe a couple of thousand years old. Um, Shiva is supposed to have come there. The Dikshitas actually came from North India on a call of Shiva. I mean, it's a, it's a tremendous uh, history. And uh, its architecture is beautiful and magnificent. Finally, in the uh, uh, in the in the uh, late nineties, Mr. Chidam, Mr. Karunanidhi had come back, and uh, and then uh, he uh, got a, a false uh, chit given that uh, there's a lot of corruption going on. And he set up some officer, uh, which is all part. I mean, uh, you know, T.R. Ramesh you know, the, knows all these technicalities very well. Um, uh, you know, the, there was a government officer appointed, and he found yes. Now I think this should be taken over uh, by the government under the HRNCE Act, uh, and uh, the Pudu Dakshitas went to uh, High Court. They they paid a lawyer and uh, went to the High Court, lost in the single judge. And uh, they also lost in the division bench of the Madras High Court. And then they, they had lost all hope and they just went and told Swami Dan and Saraswati that uh, we have lost all hope and I think we cannot take control of this temple anymore. And of course, in the meantime, Karunanidhi had opened samosa counters, biryani counters, uh, chicken, uh, uh, you know, uh, chicken, uh, whatever that, uh, chicken legs and things like that. 
and he was converting their parts and bits and parts of the temple into a commercial center. Uh, and of course, he appointed an officer who went about, <coughs> you know, uh, rummaging through the accounts and then they, uh, yeah, collecting materials. And he, he had hoped to get the diamond box, I mean, the jewel box, but uh, they, they just put up a fight on it and it was taking time. At that time, um, Sri uh, Swami Dayanand Saswati telephoned me. I was in Delhi, he was in Coimbatore. He said uh, to me in Tamil that uh, these people have come and you must take up their case in Supreme Court. I told him, I don't understand how I can do that. After all, they had lawyers. These lawyers can file a case. But what is my locus standi on what basis can I go? Uh, not having gone before the second single judge and not going uh, going after uh, going before the division bench, how can I go? He said, <laughs> in his usual colloquial way, I'll take care of it. So anyway, I uh, what could I do? I grumbled, prepared a petition, and went to uh, the uh, the court. It came before. Uh, two judges who would be the least likely to give me a favorable judgment. Um, um, one, uh, um, uh, one was a Muslim and the other is, was a Christian and both known to be very devout uh, to their religion. So I, uh, uh, I said, well, anyway, Dayanand Saraswati has to take care. I got up and the, the, the judges said, uh, how are you in this? So I, I had to have an answer. So I had rehearsed an answer that I am a legal advisor to the Hindu Dharma Acharya Sabha, which is the largest uh, organization of sadhus. So they said, oh, that, if that is so, then we'll hear you. Now, I never expected that answer from these two. Um, uh, one was in the, called Kabir and the other was uh, Eric name. Correct. I said, Joseph, is it? Something like that. Anyway, and they heard me and uh, they admitted to my petition. I had no local standi and I was became the main petitioner uh, in this. Uh, of course, uh, once uh, this came in the papers, all came running. Every lawyer that I could think of came and put themselves in. And uh, the DMK uh, 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 advocates protested uh, in, a, in a special hearing. How can he come? He's nobody in the picture. This, that, all that. It all went. And then it went to Bobde, who was a junior judge at that time. And uh, another judge who was... Dr. Chawan. Huh? Dr. Chawan. Dr. Chawan, a very, very scholarly man. I've known him. Even when he was a lawyer, then he was, uh, you know, part of very friendly to Charan Singh. So that's how I came to know him. So uh, these two judges were appointed, and if you read the order, uh, which uh, which came in my uh, favor or the uh, temple's favor, the first three paragraphs deal with the fact that there are so many petitioners in this matter. But we are going to adhere to what Dr. Swami is saying. It's there in the thing. See, a lot of people tend to claim credit by just uh, you know, attaching <laughs> the name. Uh, but they, I think these people understood. And so they put that down. 
they heard me, they did their own research, and they laid down. Now, that's what I'm coming to. They laid down the law. And the law is being violated today by particularly the Tamil Nadu. Because, you see, if you look at the total picture of, uh, I think uh, we have, uh, I have noted the number. There are more than 100,000 temples which are under government control all over India. Of which five southern states account for 90, 91,000. And uh, Tamil Nadu alone uh, has uh, under government control 40,000. Now, so this, uh, the real serious problem about these temples being taken over is with the South India and in particular Tamil Nadu. Because the other place is doing it for other reasons, you know, uh, material reasons. But this Tamil Nadu, not only the material reasons, but they have a, a hatred for the Hindu religion. They think it's also, of course, it pays them dividends on the Muslim voting and the Christian voting and the money from abroad from all these people. So, uh, I would say that solve the Tamil Nadu problem, you solve the Indian problem. And uh, there's no doubt uh, that uh, you, the, the, all these acts can be declared unconstitutional at some stage, not now, but at some stage. It's also, people should know, not one masjid, not one church is subject to this Hindu dharma, uh, this uh, um, whatever act it is called, uh, uh, HRNC. This, uh, not even one. Once I mentioned this to the judges, that what is this unfairness? The only Hindu temples are being taken. Uh, for by the government, but not one Christian, not one Muslim. So uh, the judges said, "How can you blame us? You bring us a case, and you know uh, you prepare a PIL and come, and we will do it." Now I have not been able to find anybody who will give me the internal data of any masjid or church. Not a single. Please ask anybody. Um, uh, 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 Iyer, ask anybody to collect this and give it to me. They will not be able to give it. And uh, so, therefore, the Hindus are under siege. Hindus are under attack. And the attack is through the temples because the Hindu faith in the temple is so high. And they appoint government. Now, the judgment of the Sabha Nayaka temple is of course, the judgment was immediately return it back. And meekly, Mr. <laughs> Karnanidhi's government gave it back. And all the Dikshitas came and took control. But this kind of poking takes place because that uh, town of Chidambaram is surrounded by these types of people. And they come, they demonstrate, they try to terrorize. It's easy to terrorize uh, Tamils, number one. And if he's a Brahmin, that's very easy to terrorize them. So, uh, I found this uh, in uh, because I get bombarded. I mean, there, of course, there are people like Ramesh who are putting up a fight, but it's, he, has, he has to confine himself to the court. Uh, and tomorrow, if a mob comes, uh, you know, uh, he has to stand on his own. So, the society won't stand for him. But of course, Ramesh can be sure 
that Virat Hindustan Sangam will stand by you. Next day, we will paratroop into Tamil Nadu and, and see that nothing happens to you. Uh, so, but not everybody uh, is uh, Ramesh. I mean, Ramesh is uh, both, both uh, doing tremendously good work in the field as well as he's known to all of us. So, we, you know, we, uh, we, uh, we were, it would be our pleasure to help him if he's in difficulty. And all he has to do is ask and make a phone call. So, I'm saying even he, who's purely on legal points, he has a problem. People, um, uh, you know, um, um, very upset with him when he wins a case, naturally. So, coming back to the thing, 40,000 temples in Tamil Nadu are with the government. But the Savanayaka judgment says you cannot take over a temple for the limited purpose of finances except for a limited period. I had in the court said it should not be more than four years. They said, well, you know, maybe five, maybe six, but it has to be limited. Most of the temples in Tamil Nadu are 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, some even go back earlier. In other states also it is there. For instance, Tirupati has been taken over by government in 1933. The whole act started in the, after the uh, 1857 uh, Indian Revolution, a uh, first Indian Revolution, and which uh, Rani Jhansi led. And then it, uh, they, they thought that the temples are a place for Hindus to congregate. And then, because we Hindus were always doing the fighting, whether they fought the Mughals, uh, fighting Mughals, or whether it was fighting the British, it is led by Hindus. The Hindus suffered the maximum casualty. So, in that context, they felt that the temple is a place where uh, all this happens. And I, I don't want to go into peripheral uh, acts which were made, but 1926, uh, I believe, when the, uh, uh, the, the, precursor, of the precursor of the, the Dravida Karagam, uh, Justice Party. Um, and this Justice Party used to be abbreviated JP. And I, when I was in Janta Party, I also used to be known as JPMP. <laughs> so there was a lot of confusion. But anyway, the Justice Party thing, they brought the first act. Uh, and then again, a, uh, a totally revised uh, act was passed by Karunanidhi in 1915. Uh, 1959, is it? No, no, not Karunanidhi. It was, I think, uh, Congress government. Uh, and of course, Karunanidhi brought in a few am amendments. So therefore, uh, this one, 1959 act has no mention of the time period for which it will be taken over. What they can take over is only the financial management. Now, I can't say that these people are ideologically like this because the BJP has taken over 120 temples in Uttarakhand. And I went to court. I was threatened by the people in the government that you won't go back alive to Delhi. All that in, came in the papers. But I still went and uh, that judge, uh, <laughs> he was shaking quite a lot. But he did give me one relief out of the four reliefs I asked for. He gave me one relief that the treasury box will not be in the hands of the chief minister. The act that the BJP passed was that the all the temples, Char Dham, 
all the temples 120 of them will be taken over by the government of uh, uttarakhand and the chief minister will be the chairman of every temple all this the chief minister couldn't have done unless mr modi and mr amit shah had okayed it and i do know that they okayed it and it took me a lot of effort to generate our own people to start demonstrating and slowly rss picked it up then vishwanath parishad and so on and finally with the coming elections they buckled and have returned it uh, back so we don't have that but this problem we face today that if you are there's no ideological support there no party support for those who are fighting to free the temples and it is god's work and yet we find no political party doing it so uh, over to you uh, thing with i only say this that uh, i have made some considerable progress the only part i have not been able to do is persuade uh, the government of the place to obey the law i can go in a contempt petition but that that may only lock it up i'd like them to do more of it for instance i have uh, there's another problem that has come uh i have gone to uh uh the devasam board for removal of the devasam board the kerala court agreed with me but said tell us who to give it to so i said you give it to the royal family they said we don't recognize them anymore in uh, in our constitution so you tell us where so they have their their judgment records that i'm not able to say who to whom is it take same thing happened with me in tirupati it's a 1933 taken over some hathiram uh, trust or something now there are, there are 15 uh, hathiram trusts so how who do i give it to i have not been able to but of course i must say to the credit of the chief minister jagan I, one of my prayer was that the auditing of the accounts will be done by the cag and not by the government of andhra all governments are auditing what they are looting tamil nadu all the looting is done by uh, by the ruling party and who's the uh, uh, the cag for them i mean who's the auditor for them the government itself i mean is all there itself is patently wrong so um i i am uh, ho- hoping that mr modi will wake up and uh, you know bring out a, a thing that there'll be a central body because at the moment all the hrnc are states the center has nothing so center should set up a a oversight committee and uh, when swami dayanand saraswati was there uh, the hindu dharmacharya uh, hindu the uh hindu dharm dharma uh, they were that institution uh had uh, uh flowered into a very, very, very big institution but then uh, um uh, swami dayana saraswati got samadhi then uh uh udupi um, um you know the udupi um sadhu who is widely known as pejawar math chhatra sadhu uh he, he also went away so we are today well, what i had wanted to do is that the hindu the, the all the hindu dharmacharyas or the all the sadhus get together and say hand over all the temples to us and we will parcel it out to deserving people so that this problem of who to give to doesn't arise 
But I have not been able to do that also. Swami Dayanand Saraswati was at it. But then he's not there anymore. No one has been able to fulfill the vacuum there. So, to uh, uh, I would say the core point is we can fight the DMK with no difficulty, but fill these gaps. If, uh, if, if the, the court was to say, return the temples, you have been there too long, uh, five years, let me say five years, uh, you have been more than five years, sorry, now you can't, uh, you, you are incapable of, um, um, you know, um, setting right the uh, finances, out you go. If you haven't set it in five years, you can never set it. Uh, so therefore, out you go. If that kind of a situation can arise, we can do it. But at the moment, uh, we are not. So I would say in Tamil Nadu, uh, if the sadhu sannyasis agree to say that they will tell the government, whether the government cares or not, but we'll worry about that later by going to the Supreme Court. Uh, the, if the government hands over all the temples, 40,000 temples to us, we will rehabilitate it and then uh, give it out to deserving people who will run temples. And the temples can be functioning because there's still many of the temples have their land. They can create a kind of a social atmosphere because the temple is not only to go and see God, but you can have yoga center, you can have uh, astrologers, you can have Bharatanatyam, all these, you know, it will become a social event also. Uh, which uh, which would be a great thing uh, for promoting uh, Hindu unity. So this is what I want to say at the beginning. Uh, over to both of you, please. Uh, now uh, you give me the, your wisdom. Thank you very much, Dr. Swami. And a small request to all our viewers who are watching this program to please like this video. We would like this to reach far and wide because we are just getting started. And now I would request Sri T.R. Ramesh to uh, kind of walk us through what has been happening in and around the Chidambaram temple specifically, because this is not something that has been left alone by this DMK government. Maybe uh, Karnanidhi has met his maker, but his son seems to be, uh, you know, bent upon doing some uh, mischief or the other in this temple. Please walk us through the last few weeks, the kind of uh, you know, uh, mudslinging that has been tried. You know, they are trying to come up to one Savana, uh, one I think one Mandapam. There, I, I I don't know the exact details, but I know that they have been constant pinpricks. Rameshji, please walk us through because our worldwide audience needs to know how Hindu um, organizations, temples are being, uh, you know, systematically dismantled. And I regret to say this. But the person who is representing Chidambaram today has vowed in public meeting that it is his life mission to destroy Sanatana Dharma. And I, I kind of you know shudder, how is it that the religious folks in Chidambaram found its right to elect this rascal? <laughs> uh, over to you, sir. Well, um, in Chidambaram, the Dikshadas and the families, they constitute only a thousand or thousand two hundred votes, you know, they do go and vote, but that will not be enough. Um, first of all, uh, thanks to Dr. Swami for putting it so clearly. You solve the Tamil Nadu problem, you solve the temple problem across India, because Tamil Nadu was the genesis for this uh, HR and infamous HRNC Act to come up in 1926, then again in 1951, and again in its current form in 1959. 
1951, the Honorable Division Bench of the Madras High Court gave a judgment in the Shirurmat, in the Chidambaram Temple, and in the, the Mulki Peta, uh, the, the temple which was spoken about in the Venkatramana Devaru Constitutional Bench, that Venkatramana Devaru Temple. All these three judgments went against the then Madras government. In fact, the then division bench struck down many sections in the 1951 Act, which have come again without any change in the 1959 Act. Yeah, that's right. This is part of uh, uh, the Swami Dayananda Saraswati petition, which is languishing in Supreme Court from 2012. So in Chidambaram, Dr. Swami got a famous victory, a victory that would not only set free the Chidambaram temple, but also has the capability of setting free all temples, all Hindu temples across the country. It is our misfortune that this has not been pursued by us or even obeyed by the courts. Chidambaram is the temple for Saivites across the world, for Saivites in Sri Lanka, in Malaysia, in Singapore, in Fiji Islands and rest of the world. It is the Saivite temple, just like Sri Rangam is the Vaishnavite temple for Vaishnavites across the world. Now, the missionaries, they want to belittle these two temples. As far as Sri Rangam temple, it has been in government hands from 1937. And the 1951 judgment released it, but government refused to get out. Even now, they are still there. And they are there only by fraud and deceit. Um, whereas the Chidamaram temple, the Dichidas never allowed the government to take over. The longest period they have suffered government intervention was from 2nd February 2009 till Dr. Swami got the famous Chidambaram Temple Judgment, 2014, Volume 5, SEC, page 75. So that judgment came on 6th January 9, uh, 2014. And uh, during that period also, Dr. Swami got an interim stay in 2010 when the DMK government tried to uh, change the structures of the ancient temple. The temple is about 2,000 years old. And they wanted to put um, shopping malls and rest houses and all these civil works which they do now. Now, from 2014, the others have been administering the temple. They are doing it as before. There are no shops. There are no hundis. But six pujas a day happen like clockwork. Six festivals in the year happen. And about 420 families survive because of this temple. Now DMK comes to power. Immediately some voices come up saying that pass a special act, take over this temple. The Dichadas are looting the temple. What is there to loot? The temple has no properties. The temple has no shops. The temple has no hundis. How can they loot? But the voices are there because this is a Hindu icon which Dr. Swami saved for generations to come. They don't want this Hindu icon to be there. They don't want Chidambaram to be an example where when other temples are compared, like the Tirchandur temple with 3,000 acres of land and crores of rupees as Hundi money, the temple is so untidy, the pujas are not happening properly, the government um, corruption, the staff's corruption is unbearable. Similarly in Sri Rangam, similarly in Madurai. People ask questions, if Chidambaram temple without properties and without hundis can do proper pujas every day and do anadhanam and celebrate festivals, why can't other temples follow that example? So this is a bad example for the T and HR and CE department. So they'd want to get over this. And they tried in the recent times, they 
try to spread a lot of canards, including they insulted a, a Dalit woman and uh, they tried to at, um, murder another Dikshidhar who was uh, suspended. All these are lies and the police investigated and found no merit in these complaints. But the police should have declared that they found no merits, but they kept quiet. The government tried to force them. Um, fortunately, the police did not succumb. And during the COVID time, this is not only um, a denominational temple. The Pudududishas are such a micro community. There are only over 430 Dikshidas over there. Once they were 3,000. Now, during a pandemic time, they had to be extra careful. So they said people will not climb atop the Kanaga Sabha and have darshan till the scare is over. Now, DMK's Karnanidhi had propped up a, a tea shop wala, a lorry cleaner. He, he was made to wear orange robes and uh, wear vibhuti and project himself as a Vodwar. He was no Vodwar. He cannot sing one Tevaram fully. But he was projected and he was given a government order to go sing upon, uh, at the Kanaga Sabha, which is the puja area of the Chidamaram temple. So along with the cases, if you see the last paragraph of the Chidambaram judgment of 2014, you will find the impugned judgments and orders are set aside. The then learned single judge, Justice Banumati, had approved, had recognized the government order GO53 as a valid order that can that will allow anyone to go and sing from the Kanaga Sabha. So all these were set aside by the Honorable Supreme Court of India. And now people want to go up the Kanaga Sabha only to say that each others don't allow Tamil to be sung there. And <laughs> we are going to do that. The truth is, each others don't allow even Vedas to be recited from the place. Because it's a puja area and only each others can do that. Each others sing Tevaram from there. Each others sing in Tamil from that Kanaga Sabha. Each others chant Vedas in that Kanaga Sabha. But only they can do. Others can stand there and worship. They cannot conduct rituals. They cannot conduct, uh, uh, you know, singing songs and all that. This is the truth prevailing in Chidambaram. But the media, the missionary-backed media and the uh, missionary-backed DMK government, they want to project as if Dikshadas are against Tamil. It is Dikshadas who saved the Tevaram and gave it to the world. It is Dikshadas who gave the Tiruvasagam and Turkovaya to the world. It is Dikshadas who... Uh, gave all the facilities to Saint Shekhar to recite the Periya Purana. It was sung in Chidambaram. The Arangetram happened in Chidambaram. So Dikshadas have been there for more than 2000 years because they found they are found mentioned in Tirumantaram, which is 2000 year old work. And their mother tongue has been Tamil only. As Dr. Swami used to say, it is Karnanidhi's mother tongue that has to be, you know, <laughs> looked into. <laughs> Yes, it's so, Telugu. <laughs> so, so all this is to give, give. See, even to hang a dog, they have to give it a bad name. So, Dikshadas who are running the temple in a pristine manner, they definitely have to be given a bad name. And for that, media is being used. The Naxals are being used. The missionaries are being used. The MP and the MLAs of Chidambaram, they are helping this misrepresentation. But the law as established in Supreme Court, in fact, as Dr. Swami said, the Supreme Court has laid down the law for all temples. 
I had recently filed a um, public interest litigation before Honorable uh, Madras High Court Division Bench. And the division bench was pleased to admit my case. You know what the case is? In more than 200 temples, there is no trace of an order appointing an executive officer ever. <laughs> and this research came from Chidambaram Temple. Because in Dr. Swami's petition before the Supreme Court, the government went overzealous and, he said, and they said, we have appointed executive officers to Kanchi Kamachiman Temple, which is the temple of a mutt. And in um, Agnishwara Temple, which is the temple of Madhuri Adinam. So there is nothing that stops us from appointing an executive officer to Chidambara. This was an additional counter affidavit filed by the government. Yeah. Dr. Swami went through the affidavit and told me, can you please um, make an RTA application and ask for the copies of the uh, uh, two temples where executive officers have been appointed? Because this could be a double-edged sword. Prophetic words. When he said that, I applied. And the government had to run helter-skelter because they had no orders. In Kamachiaman Temple, Kanchipuram, the executive officer is there for the last 50 years by fraud. <laughs> In Agnishwara Temple, he's there by fraud. And today morning, I got an RTA reply from Rameshwaran Temple. They say the order appointing an executive officer is not traceable, which means it was never issued. Never <laughs> So for 200 temples, there is no trace of executive officers ever appointed. And in another case, last year, learned single judge, Anita Sumant, Justice Anita Sumant, she passed an order in the Besanagar Vinayagar Temple, where she said, any executive officer who has been there for more than five years, he has become functus officio. That means he cannot be there in the temple anymore. Now, if the HRNC did not believe in what the judge said, they should have filed an appeal. One year has passed and they have not filed an appeal. The order has attained finality. So in all temples where there are executive officers for more than five years, even with valid orders, the orders are not valid anymore. As Dr. Swami said, it has to be for a limited period. Now, we should free all temples and we should also ensure the government does not do a contempt of court, contempt of honorable Supreme Court in Chidambara. Thank you very much, uh, Rameshji. Uh, before I revert back to Dr. Swami, I have a couple of specific questions, sir. You said that this government appears to be dominated by Christian forces who are bent upon breaking down Sanatana Dharma in a very systematic way. Um, I remember one pastor saying that DMK came to power on the arms, that is A-L-M-S. I'm very, very careful in saying this. That means in Tamil, it is Pichai. Pichai, that yes. DMK came to power because of the Pichai we gave. Okay. Has DMK rebutted this, sir? Not at all. So basically, all. Are they, go ahead. Go ahead. Please of course, if they didn't rebut it, it is acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> today, today, if I'm able to get a few good judgments from good judges or of the Madras, Honorable Madras High Court, it is because Dr. Swami told me to go through the division bench judgment which went against the Chidambaram temple and to prepare a paravise rebuttal. When he said when he said the word rebuttal, I, I, I remember this. I told Dr. Swami, I don't know anything about law. He said, no, you come up with a paravise rebuttal. However uh, uh, juvenile it is, we will improve it. And when I sat down to write a paravise rebuttal, it was an eye-opener. It was really an eye-opener. And uh, that, that 
that direction took me where I am right now. I am, by Dr. Swami's guidance, I'm able to get the Pioneer Executive Officer declared illegal by Honorable Madras High Court. Very good. But the Executive Officer has not vacated even after two years. So My I have God. filed the contempt case, and this contempt case, the Honorable Judge has given them time till 30th June. So if Pioneer goes, the cash cow of the HRNC department goes. That's where That's the maximum right. working happens. That's right. And 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 Karthi Chidamar is on the board, I think, of that Pioneer. <laughs> no, not now. Now the executive, <laughs> the non-ST executive officer is also the fit person of the temple. This is a very shameful practice which the yes. uh, government does. Uh, and uh -huh. last year, they announced civil works projects for 1,500 crores with temple money. Yes. And this year, they have announced 1,000 crores projects. Yeah. Basically, we know that the government uh, civil projects, the kickbacks hover around 30%. And uh, yep. uh, these uh, temples managed by the HRNC department, they do not have external audit. It's only an internal audit by the HRNC department. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, are you finished? No. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, <clears throat> This Sri Ayer posed a question. Yes, I, sir, believe, uh, I believe uh, I believe according to one of our members of our audience that he was a man called George Punaya. Yes, that's the pastor. Yeah, yeah, he made that statement, and the fact these are anti-national people, but the problem is that. Everybody is scared of them. You must remember that in 1991, we had a, a what a minority government supported by Mr. Rajiv Gandhi from outside, and uh, both Chandrasekhar and I were uh, tough as nails. And one day, it turned out in the uh, Cabinet Committee on Political Affairs, which is an elite uh, small committee which receives into. You know, Intelligence. Uh, cabinet doesn't receive intelligence. It's only uh, this special committee for which you, all of us have to go through a, a vetting by the intelligence. Yeah. That committee got information that every secret we send from Delhi to uh, the chief minister of Tamil Nadu, Mr. Karnanidhi, is promptly by that evening, if it comes in the morning, or the next morning, if it comes in the evening, that information sent by the center, secret information about LTT activities in Tamil Nadu and elsewhere, they, the entire file is photostatted by Karnanidhi's uh, secretaries and handed over to baby Subramaniam. I don't think he was a baby, but uh, his name was <laughs> Subramaniam. And uh, four or three or four others. So Chandrasekhar said, you handle this. So I told Mr. Karunanidhi, you can't do all this. Otherwise, we'll have to act. He came all the way to Delhi. And uh, uh, so we told him very clearly, we will not hesitate to dismiss the government. He just laughed Well, we dismissed the government. In the Cabinet Committee for Political Affairs, all the civil servants, including the IB chief, everybody said there will be rivers of blood will flow in Tamil Nadu. And I'm telling you, even a cycle was not burnt. 
because all our government did was all the history sheeters according to the list prepared by every police station we caught them overnight and put them in jail under detention and these politicians they never go and burn jans buses themselves they uh, uh they, they get hire these hoodlums give them liquor make them drunk and then they send them out in the public so if that that material is not available they can't send anybody even this emulation stopped because of us otherwise there should be regular emulations i had a study done and found that all these people who emulate themselves and names saying oh, you know all this blaming on the north india on the ills of uh, tamil nadu i found that everyone who burnt himself at least the ones that we got a sample of were people dying of terminal cancer in hospital and politicians were going giving them money saying you're going to die anyway in another 20 20 20 days or 20 months or whatever make your family happy we'll give you so much this is the kind of thing that was going on it's all stopped and therefore i'm saying today that uh, uh, our problem in tamil nadu is only the timidity of the uh, the law abiding citizens of tamil nadu you can abide by law but you don't have to be timid you see they will not stand behind me once i have done the work then they will start criticizing me also ipdi pesirukudadu apdi pesirukudadu there is a I, i don't want to name names but there are people who call, call themselves as great intellectuals they have got their tails between their legs ever since dmk came back to power so therefore i have, when you say that this is a heritage which has been converted into milking house let me say through this uh, television show that the well meaning people of tamil nadu please stand up at least if we uh, i uh, shri ayer and uh, ramesh address a public meeting at least come without our, our sending uh, uh, trucks to receive them and put biryanis for eating lunches and all which the dmk does it change the culture political culture and i can tell you within uh, within 2 years tamil nadu will become because it's already a highly educated state it's already got a lot of intelligent people got a huge history of course that history uh, the british distorted to talk about aryans and dravidians there's no such thing as a dravidian it's only dravid means south india in sanskrit it means south india tra and vid and so the, the adi shankara was the first person to use the word dravid and these people have uh, you know um uh have appropriated to mean something else that some people coming from africa or something like that so all these things which the british have pumped into the brains of the tamils has to be taken out and uh, that can be only done by by propagating that they won't allow you because the public won't come so it'll be easy for the police also to do something or have some rowdies come and then they say they don't know we are uh, we are applying a 144 uh, to the to the to that area and therefore you can't hold a meeting but i think we need a people's movement 
if you have faith in lord rama if you have faith in bhagwan krishna if you have faith in shiva if you have faith in vishnu ah if you have faith in brahma parvati saraswati lakshmi then time for you to stand up and say in this way i can help they can help in a number of ways not only by coming to public meetings that is the key key thing that we have to take into account will the tamils stand up or will they bend and crawl and be stenographers of the dmk ministers uh, dr swami in all humor the british used to say that india is being run by madrasis and chaprasis so <laughs> and interchangeably ramesh <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, ji quick question for you sir the underlying theme that seems to be reverberating is any temple that appears to be an icon like you mentioned srirangam temple and chidambaram temple mischief is being done outside the temple like for example they make noise they put up these kinds of charades that you said where somebody doesn't have the necessary qualifications to be an oduvar and and viewers you have to really go to a functioning south indian temple to understand what happens when an archana takes place archana is where you do sankalpam you say who you are your gotra and everything the the pujari performs the puja for you and after that i have seen this i don't know if it's happening now or not there there is a person called oduvar in other some of the beautiful tamil songs he will sing in praise of the deity and 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 even that they are trying to you know uh, make a joke out of it so ramesh ji my question is i'm sorry to have a long winded question here have things changed since dr swami gave that interview in dinamalar about what is happening outside the chidambaram temple has the mischief died down if so are these people regrouping again is there a permanent solution for this um the last two days we have not seen much of the uh, anti hindu activism inside uh, chidambaram temple um dr swami's uh, interview emboldened a lot of shiva devotees and 5000 people gathered there and registered their protest that's something that has never happened before um perhaps the government is lying low we do not know perhaps the the dichadas have openly said we will not only file contempt against the government we will file contempt against the revenue and police officials as well this has made them sit up and talk, take notice and of course dr um, uh, swami's uh, interview to dinamalar has come out very beautifully in a in a special column nicely colored and this has gone really viral now um and they know that dr swami if he files a contempt it will be in supreme court yeah so they they cannot hope for home food in uh, lying in uh, purels uh, prison they have to be in tihar uh, prison <laughs> <laughs> so so they'll definitely lie low uh, we have to see how long they do that um ideally government should clarify that they will not violate this supreme court order of january 2014 that's a final order and uh, any violator should be taken to task um and we we need to speed up as dr swami said people of tamil nadu have to stand up at least the lawyers of tamil nadu have to stand up and use the 2014 judgment to release other temples from government control they have yeah. a beautiful judgment last year 
um, in the line of because the judgment quotes profusely from Dr. Swami's uh, 2014 case. Dr. Anita Sumant has quoted a lot from the judgment. And she has declared all executive officers who's been in temples for more than five years as functus officio. That is final. And all the lawyers have to do is they have to lawyer in Tanjavur has to go against the government for Tanjur temples in Madurai. He has to go against Madurai temples and for the village, the local lawyers will have to go. That's all they need to do. And they're not doing it. I'm trying to do what I can, but as an individual, it's a limited role. Dr. Swami's judgment should be put to good use. In fact, I told in a meeting that uh, Nadraja became Tyagaraja because earlier the case used to be Sri Sabhanagar Temple versus State of Madras or State of Tamil Nadu. <laughs> and only in Supreme Court, it became Dr. Subramanian Swami and others, including the others, everybody became others. Others, yes. <laughs> so, Lord Shiva took his name in that particular case, which laid down the law regarding government intervention, that is the limited intervention government can do in Hindu temples. Shiva took uh, the, the name of his son, by the way. So last question for Dr. Swami and then one question for Dr., uh, Mr. Ramesh and then we will wind up this program. Dr. Swami, yeah. uh, an allegation frequently thrown in Tamil Nadu and it could be valid, applicable in other states also in the south. It could be, in fact, avail, uh, applicable to st states all over India. Is that some of the uh, you know people who have gone through the elite, which is the steel frame that supports the country, uh, IIS officers, IPS officers, uh, you know uh, people who are you know administering all these states. Some of them appear to put their religion above their professional obligations. So this. It, no, this is because, so what what does it how does how do somebody how does somebody prove that this is why this person acted this way sir is there any recourse for a common man certainly uh, not common man there is a person with uh, some legal uh, training uh, he need not be a lawyer basically what you do is take three four decisions and say this is in keeping with his own uh, uh, inclinations or his own commitments or his own religion, whatever. There are ways to do to show bias. It's called bias, and bias is a is a major factor in administrative law. So I, I don't think that that's a difficulty. But I think you see all these we can do and give relief. It'd be a newspaper item. But the mentality of the Tamils, particularly the so-called, there, there's no such thing in my opinion called a born Brahmin. There's no such thing. Lord Krishna has made it very clear. You must have uh, those gunas, you see, which a Brahmin must have. He must be a jnani, he must be a tyagi, and he should be um, a man who's fearless, a sahasi as it's called. So the, these three qualities you have, uh, then you, you can qualify as a Brahmin. If you, have a, if you pick up the sword or you pick up the gun uh, to defend the country, you become a Kshatriya. Like that, you see. It's just a, it was not got, got to do with birth. And if it was to do with the birth, then how come Vishwamitra became uh, a Maharishi? He was born in a Kshatriya family. So all these things that the British have brainwashed us, and these DMK guys like slaves, you know, they all wear suit boot and looking like uh, butlers in, uh, in a five-star hotel. And then they go on repeating all this nonsense, you see. So I think... Um, 
uh, what we need is at least uh, the so-called uh, who those who claim to be Brahmins to show the guts which a Brahmin is supposed to show. Look at Chanakya, he had nothing. And he toppled the whole bloody government. I have toppled many governments. I have nothing. I have no MPs, nothing. But how many governments I have toppled? So, if, it, when you, if you use your brains, there are many things you can leverage and get there. And Tamil Nadu is ripe for change because what is happening is that all the good people are being driven out of the state. They are going to America and settling down or they go to North. And uh, all, all these idiotic things that you can't learn Hindi. Why? I'm saying if you are given, uh, you make it optional. It's your choice to learn English. Uh, uh, if you choice, English, you must learn. It's an international language. Tamil, you must learn because it's your mother tongue. But the third language, uh, you can, it can be Hindi, it can be Sanskrit. Sanskrit has so many words in common with Tamil. Once I had a, 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 a chit chat with uh, Karunanidhi and he said, no, no, there's not even a single word of Sanskrit in Tamil. I said, your name is Karunanidhi. They are both Sanskrit words. Why don't you change it? So he also laughed. He said, don't take everything seriously. So, <clears throat> uh, you know, uh, I would say that uh, we need a mental revolution in Tamil Nadu. Everything else is ready. I can go to court, I can get a result, but then uh, that's not enough. It has to be now a, a change. Challenge them. And Padmanabha Swami, what is no, not Padma, that Padma Sashadri school, all silent, weeping away, oh, they are going to take over the school. I, I, I passed word to Mr. Stalin through a friend that you, do you plan to do that? He said, no. I think Kanimori was, I think, perhaps interested. She yes, yes, told yes, me part, yes. She, but she told me in parliament I had nothing to do with it. Okay, matter's over. <laughs> and uh, so after that, uh, you know, nothing has happened to them. These people also are sensible. They know that they may be in Tamil Nadu, but they are part of India. And if India decides to knock them out like we did in 1991, there will be nobody. It took how much time for Karnani to come back? It took because I went into the anti-corruption movement against Jailalita. Then only Karnani could come. Otherwise, he wouldn't even come out of his house. So, uh, I blame the Tamil educated people. And particularly those who claim to be Brahmins. To, uh, you know, to stand up and tell the DMK you can't do this. Why are they afraid? I can name some of them who hang around the De Delhi thing, thing, saying that they are great intellectuals of Tamil Nadu and Brahmins and so on. But when I find out where they are in Madras, they seem to have gone underground. They've gone into some hole. So <laughs> how can we alone, you, me, um, uh, and uh, Ramesh, you know, together, how much can we do? It requires a movement and for that the people must stand up. Um, Dr. Swami, I'm going on air and, and telling everyone that every time I visit India, I make it a point to stay with Dr. Swami, accompany him in every visit of his dharmic visits. 
and I, I, no matter what, I try to make that thing and I'll continue to do that. Dr. Swami, this battle is bigger than all of us. This is a battle for the Dharma. And uh, I'm, I, you have 100% commitment from me, sir. Uh, before we finish, I want the last question for Rameshji. Rameshji, what happens is, in order for our youth to go to a temple, you know, every temple in India has a Thala Purana. That means the place. It has a certain history, a uniqueness. Now, what I am told, and I could be wrong, Rameshji, and you can correct me wrong. You are, uh, you are the authority as far as I'm concerned about basics like this. I believe that the Nataraja uh, 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 Murti is a single caste. And I think, I don't know what um, uh, melt, um, uh, what metals it is uh, made of, but I believe at one point of time, it used to float in air, just like the Surya Bhagavan in Konark and the Shivaling in Somnath. Am I right, sir? Or perhaps you can tell us a little bit about the Stala Puranam of Chidambaram Nataraja Temple. Well, well, uh, Dr. Swami mentioned about the um, um, the, the core of the Chalistala Puranam. Lord Shiva yes. came in Nataraj form to Chidambaram with the Dikshitas. That is the belief of all Saivites. Okay. Today, if you go to Chidambaram, you will find a percentage of Dikshitas having red hair, which is the color of the hair of, said to be of Lord Shiva. Today, there's a percentage of Dikshitas who have red hair. And every Purana says they came from Kailas or they came from North mm. and all that. But Nataraja icon is made of usually the Chola bronze. They made, uh, Dr. Swami knows about the famous Patur Nataraja case, which is now being quoted in the Nyanavapi case also. That is, once you do a Prana Pradishta, even yeah. if a brick is not there, the, the deity is still there. The, the temple is still That's there. Right. That's right. So, so um, the uh, Nataraja icon, Chola bronzes were made of uh, something called uh, Panchaloka. And they were all a single caste. And I don't know about the uh, um, uh, floating or the density and all that things. But they, these statues cannot be made now with the current knowledge. Of course, there is a, a, a bronze uh, metallurgy in uh, Swami Malai near Kumbakonam. But Chola bronzes are Chola bronzes. And we seem to be not even caring to get our stolen icons back from abroad. The, the yeah. Americans are offering them in a platter. They are, they are paying demerage in their warehouses. But the ASI and the Indian government is taking its sweet time for reasons unknown. So we have to be aware and demanding in all these aspects and as dr swami said it is time we raise and voice but at the same time i'm i'm a little upset not a little quite upset with tamils because not many know that the real hero of the jallikattu case is dr swami yeah because he won it in in supreme court jallikattu is today happening in tamil nadu i challenge anyone to prove me wrong same they thing with Mulla Peria Dam also. Dam also. So you have to be, you should not be an ingrate. Then you will suffer again and again. Gods will not help you if you are an ingrate. Thiruvallar also says the same thing. So we have to be grateful for what we have received and we should take it further by following his ideals or at least responding to his call. The learned, the lawyers, the uh, 
businessmen and the industrialists of Tamil Nadu to uh, should stand up and really help release our temples from government control at the earliest. Yes, and an impassioned plea to many of us who have taken voluntary retirement or we are in our 60s, 70s, some in our 80s, but we are still very active. We can be seen walking through our flat uh, complexes every day for two, three miles. Why don't you make it a point to go to the local temple? Make your presence be known. All I'm saying is just go. There is, uh, Rameshji, there is a Peru hmm. Siva, Sivan temple, about eight kilometers yeah. from where I live in Coimbatore. Right? <laughs> so I'm also temple. guilty of this. I'm also guilty of this. I've made four trips in the last uh, one year. I've only gone there once. It is, the it is called the Chidambaram of West. Yes, yes, yes. It's a very, it's very called Chidambaram. Mele Chidambaram. And, and, it's, uh, and, and they need volunteers to keep the place clean, uh, Rameshji, because there is so much happening there. There are so many pujas being performed. You let can me, just let me give you a small trivia. Sorry yeah, to interrupt. Please. Let me give you a small please. trivia. Please. In this temple also, in Perur Shiva temple also, the order appointing executive officer is not traceable. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Rameshwaram, Rameshwaram, Rameshwaram also in in Sri Rangam, in Madurai, in so many temples in Tiruvannamalai, all the major temples, the orders of appointment of executive officer made for the very first time to the temple is missing. But okay, government is shamelessly continuing. Next time and, we too meet, uh, um, yes, Ramesh. Sir. Uh, let me draft a letter to Mr. Stalin saying these are the temples that uh, are on a sample basis which doesn't have an authorized uh, uh, officer. So please remove him. Otherwise, <laughs> I'll have to file a case against you. Excellent. Uh, I'll, I'll write the letter. You don't have to write the letter. Very good. Very good. Uh, and uh, yeah, Can let's... Uh, or I'll come to Delhi. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'll come. I'll come to Chennai. I will have some fun with the the media is very keen. I come. They've been phoning me regularly, uh, so um, I'll come. But and you know, give it to him. And I have no no problem. I'll ask the, the Stalin whether he would give me an appointment to meet him. I'll meet him and hand him the letter saying, "Do this, otherwise there's going to be a problem." Fabulous, sir. Also, while that is happening to all the people who happen to be from Coimbatore, because right now uh -huh. I have adopted that as my city. When you go uh -huh. to the Peru Sivan Temple, if you look uh -huh. at the EO office and the uh -huh. officer, ask him, you don't belong here. Get out. Uh -huh. Nicely. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, 5,000 people go every day. Go ask him. Tell them. Because you really have to do this thing. These are not people who are going to, you know, that uh, Hindi saying, right? File an FIR for trespass. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we are not taking it lying down and we are going to be in your face and, and the DMK government better start obeying the law. That is my message to uh, all our viewers. Thank you so much. Please do like, share and subscribe to this channel and this particular video needs to reach as many people as possible. We have great treasure amongst ourselves. We don't understand the wealth that we have. We don't understand the energy centers that our temples have. How much you feel refreshed once you go to the temple and feel that energy. So thanks once again, Rameshji. Thanks once again, Dr. Subramanian Swami. And one one point. Yes, sir. One Please point. go ahead. Please. You see, uh, 
uh, I want to tell you that as far as I'm concerned, it's a question of who's breaking the law, who's not. I don't care for any castes. Jalita was a Brahmin. She herself told me, why are you targeting me when you know very well we two are being targeted by everybody else? I, what she meant is that both of us are Brahmins. I don't care whether it's a Brahmin or not Brahmin. The one who stands up today for God and for purity of temples is the only person we can call as a Hindu and nobody else. That's it. Thank you very much, sir. And uh, once again, viewers, thanks for joining. And we'll see you all very soon because this is just the beginning of a long, long war. Namaskar. Namaskar. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Dr. Swami. Okay. See you next time. I'm in.